Hey there, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Christina Cardoza, news editor of SD Times. Joining us today is Brian Gracely, Senior Director of Product Strategy at Red Hat, who's here to talk a little bit about cloud native development. Hey, Brian, thanks for joining us. Hey, Christina, thanks for having me on. So, um, you know, I think a good starting point here would be to just talk about what what we mean by cloud native development, sort of how you look at it. Yeah, I think there's probably a couple of different things um, from from what you might consider kind of normal development of applications. Uh, you know, the, the first one being that that more of the design patterns tend to be around this idea of of microservices or you know more distributed types of systems. So the idea that instead of building one one gigantic application that uh, maybe is harder to to make changes to or harder to update or uh, you know has only one scaling pattern. Um, you know, we're, we're beginning to build applications that um, are more distributed, uh, allow us to scale each part independently, allow us to make changes to different parts of it independently. Um, and I think that I think that's sort of the first piece of it. And then the second one is, um, you know, now that people are are more able to take advantage of some of the services that are in the cloud in the public cloud, um, they're able to think about, you know, scaling, uh, you know, location, um, some of those other types of things. Uh, kind of more mainstream for what they do. So, you know, th those two things tend to be the kind of the key things that we see when people really talk about cloud native development versus just any application development. Great. Now, what would you say are really the, um, you know, the changes when developing for cloud native? What are developers doing differently that they may not have been traditionally doing with, say, a microservice or their other cloud services? Right. Um, you know, I, I think the the first one is you you have to start thinking about, uh, like I said, things being distributed, and and part of that has to do with how you develop. So, um, you know, maybe you're using um, frameworks and languages that are a little more geared towards, uh, you know, towards these distributed models. So maybe that's you know Spring Boot, maybe that's some of these um, you know more modern frameworks. Um, but part of it almost has nothing to do with the technology and has everything to do with, uh, you know, how do you how do you organize yourself? So do you have kind of the, the the way that you organize your team, the way you communicate with your team um, to help them understand that, you know, we're going to design around this idea that that this service is essentially going to be independent of what, what you're doing on your part of the application or your service. Um, and we have to design with this idea that they're going to be somewhat independent. We don't have to always be in lockstep for how frequently we release. Um, we just have to make sure that that there's a a common uh, API that we can that we can talk to that we version that correctly. Um, but but again, it's this idea that um, things are going to be somewhat independent, and we have to be okay with that. And that and that does break some uh, you know kind of current models of of everything being in lockstep, everything getting released at the same time, everybody getting trained up on the new experience at the same time. Um, and that that I think is is changing how people are are building applications. There seems to be a lot of um, interest in this, and like you said, it is a new experience. So what would you say the state of cloud-native development is today? Is this something that organizations are just starting to learn, or is this something that they're sort of already being more experienced in? You know, I think in reality, it's it's a lot of different stages, um, you know, and and. I get a chance to to talk to a lot of companies kind of around the world in, in different in different places. Um, obviously, 
some of the really big tech centers, uh, you know, Silicon Valley, um, Seattle, in some cases, maybe maybe London, parts of Asia, you know, you've got some some people that are really, really, really well far advanced in this because they've sort of started from there. Um, you know, they their application started as as microservices. They didn't really uh, invest in. They didn't have legacy things that they had to to bring along. Um, but I think for for kind of the mainstream part of of IT and and the mainstream part of most businesses. Um, most companies are somewhere in this journey. Um, they, at a high level, realize that uh, software is sort of the defining what their their customers' experience is going to be in the marketplace. So, how they interact with customers, how they interact with their partners, um, how they collect data and, and do analysis on it these days is is all driven around software, um, which again is is very different than you know uh, we used to run a brick and mortar business or we used to do things manually, um, but their ability to, uh, you know, hire the right talent, um, ad- adapt their cultures to this idea that, that things are changing more frequently, um, that ends up being kind of the, the big difference between, um, you know, whether your business is doing really well, um, you've, you've failed and, and realized your mistakes and you're, you're on round two or round three. Um, so there's a lot of variation out there, in, you know, beyond just the sort of uh, unicorns in the valley or, or other areas. So in addition to um, the culture change, how can you successfully build for cloud native? Like what are some, some tools or solutions you need to be able to do this? Yeah. You know, I, I think this is obviously one of those, it depends a little bit answers, but I think what we found is there are a couple of, of core core building blocks or areas that we find people um, really focus, focus on. Um, the first one is, you know, in terms of technology, uh, you know, finding, finding platforms, sort of application platforms that do a lot of the the difficult work for them. So as an example, we've seen Kubernetes be a technology that's that's really taken off. Um, the reason people like it is uh, it has a lot of automation built in. So that's that's a nice characteristics of it. Um, it does it handles scaling kind of by default. It has uh, you know the ability to scale applications. You don't have to be very sophisticated. It's got a lot of native things built in. Um, so the the platform itself is really important. It's where you're going to deploy your applications. You want something that's going to be scalable, highly automated, um, be able to deal with a lot of different types of applications. So maybe your your analytics team wants to use it, your your front-end development team wants to use it. The second piece is obviously, um, if you're going to be writing applications that that change on a frequent basis, you need to make investments around uh, CI and CD. So the ability to uh, get code into pipelines, um, test it, do regression testing, be able to do Automated builds, automated deployments—that's a—that's a huge area. Um, and then I think the the third area that we see people really invest in is, um, you know, realizing that very, very free, infrequently do you ever just deploy one application. You've got to deploy a bunch of them now, and you're looking at what are my tools to do integration uh, with, you know, either other types of applications or, or or legacy ones, or you know, what are my what are my sort of like API gateways to let me. Um, turn on a new service that that becomes a moneymaker for the business. So th- those kind of technology areas tend to be where we're seeing a lot of investment and people really doubling down to make sure they've got that foundational pieces in place. You mentioned um, Kubernetes. I know that there are a number of other open source projects out there that developers are using to get on with cloud native. The cloud native computing foundation has a number of different open source projects. So how, how do you... Um, you know, sort of tackle cloud native from an open source level? 
Yeah, it it can be really overwhelming. Um, so the Cloud Native Computing Foundation, for those that aren't familiar with it, is is kind of one of the the governing bodies that a lot of these projects move into. It allows them to have, you know, good governance. Lots of people can get involved. Um, but one of the things that that overwhelms people sometimes is they look at all the projects that are that are in this governing body or kind of orbit around it and they they get overwhelmed they think wow there's there's six options for this functionality there's five options for that one which one do I pick um you know I think the guidance that we give and, and Red Hat's been involved with a lot of different projects for a long time is um, you're looking for you're looking for a couple of things just kind of characteristics for for any project um, you know number one you, you wanted to make sure it had good governance that it wasn't necessarily just going to be run by a single company you felt like you could make contributions that there was going to be a number of contributions and, and viewpoints. That's important. Um, you really you want to be looking for um, kind of a variety of contributors, uh, and, and what I mean by that is um, that lets you know that that there's interest in the market from that. You know, developers or, or companies aren't really going to get involved unless they're hearing from the marketplace, "Hey, that's a problem we want to solve." So you're looking for for variety and, and volume of contributors. Um, and then, you know, to a certain extent, um, you know, keep in mind that nowadays with open source, there is always a lot of hype around something new. But in terms of, you know, do I want to adopt this for my business? Do I want to put this in production? Um, you know, go look at the versions. Go look at the, you know, do, do real basic uh, hygiene. Uh, you know, a version 0.1 project that has three or four contributors, probably not going to be stable enough for what you want to do. So, you know, that kind of old basics of, um, you know, is it is it GA'd yet? Are there a lot of contributors? Do I feel like um, you know it's it's beyond the initial hype cycle? Those are always good um, you know good things to kind of check off on your list, and then you start getting into what do I specifically want to solve? What problem do I want to solve? Is it a security problem? Is it a, a new framework? Is it AI? Something like that. You, know, you can div- dive into that a little more deep. Now, obviously, Kubernetes has been um, you know one of the most popular open source projects in this area, but are there any other open source projects that you would recommend developers coming to Cloud Native start looking at? Yeah, if you're a developer, you know, one of the things that, you know, is always top of mind for you is I would like to not have to be burdened with lots of lots of lots of worried worries about infrastructure and security and scaling and um, so one of the areas that there's a lot of developer demand around is this idea called serverless or functions as a service, which is just I want to write my code typically in in you know small chunks of code. I just want it to run. Um, and so the open source project that's really centered around that is something called Knative. So K like Kubernetes native, um, and it really what it does is it it brings the the power of like a, an Amazon Lambda uh, function to Kubernetes. Um, it's open source, so it can run anywhere. Um, and it's you know it allows developers to run really kind of any language or framework that they're used to um, in this small functions as a service serverless way um, without having to worry about all the underlying infrastructure and so forth. So that's a that's an area that's probably you know very interesting to them both because it's going to save them a lot of time and hassle, but more importantly um, you know it's got a big community developing around it, so um, you know it's going to accelerate very quickly and you can run it anywhere. So now um, you know. Where do you think that all of this is going? Do you have any predictions or any, um, you know, outlooks for the future of cloud native over the next couple of years? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, like I said earlier, it's still it's kind of in these various stages in terms of of maturity. Um, but I think the reality of it is this is, you know, this idea that 
we're going to write software that gets updated more frequently. Um, it's probably going to be built in a more distributed manner. That's become pretty mainstream. And I, I say mainstream, you know, insurance companies are talking about it. Banks are talking about it. Governments are talking about it. Um, so as a developer, you can feel pretty confident that um, this model is, is going to have a long life. Um, it kind of aligns to the way that we do business. It aligns to our uh, you know, willingness to, to kind of wait for things, um, you know, we've, we've become very impatient. Um, you know, and I, I think the good news is, like I said, there's there's really good um, innovation happening in open source. So whether it's Kubernetes or, or Knative or, you know, kind of the ecosystem that's around these platforms is very strong. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of development. Um, the other really good news is it, it's being adopted kind of in every every way possible. So you can you can go get the open source projects and open source software. You can kind of build things yourself. Um, there's lots of commercial offerings that are out there. So there's very likely that your business is probably going to, to, to buy these technologies in some way, shape or form. But then the other thing is there's lots of these being uh, offered as managed services you know, directly out of the cloud or on top of the cloud. So you know if you just want to get started today, there's lots of options for you. Um, and, and again, because the communities around these are pretty robust these days, um, you can find people that you know, will help you with your problem. There's free training online. You, you need almost no tools to get started. Everything can kind of be done on your laptop and with a browser. So it's a, it's a very exciting time. Um, and, and I think we're really, you know, if we used a baseball analogy, we're in kind of the first couple of innings. Um, a lot of the, the really hard problems are being solved. And now it's a matter of of kind of applying creativity to you know go solve a business problem or start a new business. Great, thanks, Brian. Um, I believe that's all the time we're going to have here today. Before we go, are there any final thoughts or any um, you know key takeaways you want to leave our listeners with? Yeah, no. First, thanks for having me on. Um, you know, you know, it, we always say with with open source, if you're interested, get involved. Um, and if that means um, you contribute some code to a project. That's awesome. Um, the events are happening uh, around the world. Meetups. Go, go to a meetup. Go meet some people. Um, but more importantly, you know, jump on Slack channels. Jump on things. Get, get involved. Ask your questions. People want to help you with this, and uh, we would love to get. You know, we'd love to hear pe people's feedback as they're trying to learn these things. It's a, it's a very exciting time to be involved with, with development and technology. Great. Thanks again for joining us, Brian, and thanks for all our listeners. Until next time, I'm Christina Cardoza with SD Times.